Hey guys, welcome. This is uh, Luke Humphrey with LukeHumphreyRunning.com and uh, I'm recording this uh, just the first part of January 2023. So Happy New Year. I hope you all had a great holiday and uh, are ready to get back at it. So uh, one of my New Year's resolutions, well not even resolution, I don't, I don't really like the term resolution, but just goal for the year I guess is uh, to create more content uh, other than just the random stuff I seemingly do and then uh, coaching my athletes. So uh, I always start off strong, but then uh, fade, off, fade off like uh, like a miles 23 through 26 of the marathon, right? So um, in any case, you know, I was hoping to post something, something as a new SOS for it. So those familiar with the uh, Hansen's Marathon Method terminology, the SOS, something of substance, uh, I hope to produce a SOS at least once a month. That'd be that'd be pretty solid, right? Be 12, 12 big posts a year. I think I was at eight or nine for twenty twenty two. So I did better, but uh, room for improvement. So uh, in any case, so this is the first the first one of twenty twenty three, and I want to talk about uh, something that you know I, I feel like I feel like runners are behind the eight ball a little bit on new things, right? Uh, cyclists, triathletes, they, they're they way up on the game, right? Something new comes out, they've they've already known about it. To runners, it's brand new, but they've known about it for a long time. And um, it's an interesting interesting aspect. But uh, uh, so what I want to talk about today is, is ketone esters. And uh, um, I think that's, it's, it is, it's been around quite a while for cyclists, triathlete, especially the longer stuff, you know, so the Ironman distances, um, the multi-day rides, um, the big tours in the, in the cycling, in the cycling world, you know, I feel like this stuff's been around for a little while, but it's now just like runners are just now like, well, how can it benefit, how can it benefit us? Right. And I don't know. I mean, that's the big question. We don't know. Um, we don't know. Uh, maybe ultra runners know a little bit more, but, uh, for, you know, for the, the typical recreational marathoner to, um, you know, competitive marathoner, you know, I just feel like this is something that's been brought up a lot. So, um, so in any case, you know, I, I, I get down these rabbit holes and I got down one the other day with, uh, uh the blogs over at uh, my sports science. And if you guys know me at all, you know, I, I follow those, I read a lot of their stuff that comes out and, um, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And if, if you ever want to learn anything about, if you more about nutrition for the endurance athlete and supplementation, what's what's good and what's not, how to be careful, things like that. I'd really recommend um, just you know following along with with uh, mysportscience.com or follow them, find them on Twitter or whatever whatever your social is and and uh, pay attention to these guys. So um, anyway, I came across one blog they, they shot out across uh, social media and it was you know do ketone. Do ketone esters boost EPO? And uh, immediately thought, wow, that'd be that'd be great if I could boost my EPO without uh, actually taking EPO. Um, you know, if you know anything about EPO, that's you know one of the drugs by choice for endurance athletes. Um, it's also naturally produced in the body. That's why runners go train at altitude. All these things. So it's uh, it's it's definitely nice and. Um, the question would be like, could I just take something to, to naturally improve it, um, and not fail a drug test? That would, that'd be kind of interesting, right? So, um, in any case, uh, if you know any, and if you know anything about ketones, ketones, uh, I know a little bit about ketones, but it's more from 
the you know the, the by is a byproduct of a high fat low carb diet, right? And so, not actually supplementation for ketones, um, and that's where the ketone esters come in. Um, as I said, ketone ketones themselves are byproducts of fat metabolism. They can be used as fuel, and that's why it's gotten a lot of attention over the last few years. Really, more for um, not so much competitive runners, but uh, the recreational runner. You know, you, you runner people going on the high car or the high fat, low carb um, bandwagon, and uh, it's it's you know that's not something I really want to get into today. I've been in plenty of those arguments over the years. Um, I'm, I'm I want to talk about strictly from a performance standpoint, but um, the fact is that ketones are known as the starvation fuel because they can fuel the brain in starvation conditions. Because in ideally, glucose is what the brain is using as its fuel. Um, and like I said, I don't want to get into the nutrition debate on the uh, HFLC diets. But, uh, you know, with that said, the idea of performance was that ketones could be an alternate source of fuel for endurance performance. So ketones could potentially maybe either feed the brain and preserve glucose for the muscles or just be another source to conserve gluco uh, glycogen overall. And so that stored glycogen would actually last longer in a in a in a in a four five six you know plus hour uh, performance. So maybe not necessarily just a marathon, but if you're an ultra runner, uh, something like that, where it's going to take you multiples of hours to finish the race, this could be something that could potentially benefit you. And so uh, it was first thought the first thing that was really looked at with ketones was could it create a glycogen sparing effect? And so if this if so, this would be ideal because you know we just mentioned it. I, it carbohydrate ingestion has always been shown to increase performance. The faster you want to run, or you know just the further you want to run, you have to have some sort of uh, supplementation with glucose to help with what the muscles are using, right? And so um, you know we just don't store enough to get us through. So you know the idea too is like if you slowed down on a if you were a slower marathon or things like that you are not using as much glycogen, which to some extent is true, but you're still using a lot. And, and the longer you're out there, the more that's going to play a role. Um, and so what I they, you know, what I looked at was uh, the problem was that to achieve, oh, that's the thing, right? So to achieve ketosis, where you're using the ketones as a fuel, you essentially have to starve yourself, right? It's the starvation fuel. Um, you have to starve yourself of the carbohydrate. Um, and so, by doing that, you're, you're drastically reducing the glycogen stores in the muscles and, and hoping that the ketones themselves are taking the place of that glycogen. But, you know, what was found is that instead of actually sparing the glycogen, ketones would simply just inhibit glycogen from being utilized, whether it was from being not having the amount of storage that they were had before or whatever. The result was just the inability to achieve a very high level of performance. And so I would argue here that if a person didn't practice fueling and then drastically decreased carbohydrate intake during training, it's going to be awfully hard to then give yourself a lot of carbohydrate on race day and not experience GI issues. And from what I understand, too, you know, with ketone ester ketones and stuff like that, you, you run the risk of higher GI stuff. And, you know, so you just, I, I feel like you're just opening the door for a lot of other things to go wrong. Um, and if you're left in the in the same boat with not enough fuel to sustain exercise at desired, desired paces, there's no way, there's just no way you can sustain that high level of, of performance. 
Um, and so that, it would seem, would be the end of the, of the idea of ketones as a supplemental fuel. However, if there were a way to make, take ketones with, without uh, in, inhibiting the carbohydrate intake. So if you could take the ketones and still have a high-carbohydrate diet, how would that work is essentially what, what we were looking at. And that's where ketone esters come in. It's just essentially the ketone supplement that would help mimic the effect of ketosis, but without drastically reducing the amount of carbohydrate you take in your diet. Um, and unfortunately, the jury's still out with these as a fuel. Uh, the results were what I already mentioned. Basically, it was non-productive and limited performance, but, you know, still you can say the jury's out. Um, but to be fair, the studies I looked at were based on 30 to 60 minute time trials. Um, but extrapolating that out to a three to four hour marathon, a person is still running at a fairly high level and using a lot of carbohydrates. So does that, where does that crossover occur, right? Where ketones are beneficial? Is it for, you know, uh, an ultra marathon? Is it for a multi-day race like a Ragnar or something like that? Is it for an Ironman, a bike tour, a hundred mile run? I, I honestly don't know. And I, I don't know where that information is. I haven't seen it. Um, and besides, it seems like it's, it's pretty bitter, the ketone esters themselves. And when taking during, and when you take the ketones during exercise, GI issues seem to be fairly common. So we have a problem where, you know, if, you, if you've gone the route of low carbohydrate and then try to supplement with carbohydrate on race day, you're going to have GI issues. Then you, if you've gone high on carbohydrate and want to supplement with ketone esters, you run the risk of GI issues. So the reality is how practical is this for a high-performing athlete who's looking to be able to use a high level of carbs, but also maybe get a small benefit from those ketone esters. And it's really the risk reward there. I don't know if it's there or not. Right. And so, so now can we say our ketone esters done? Like, are, are we saying that there's no use for them? And not exactly. Right. And I, you know, I'm not going to argue with ultras and stuff like that. Cause that's, that's a whole new world too. That's, you know, that's, that's doubling, quadrupling, you know, up, to, you know, there's 200 mile races now. Like, so I don't know when you get way out there like that, it, who knows, right? There, there might be some benefit from it. I don't want to discount that, but for the typical marathoner in the three to five hour range, I don't know if there's a ton of benefit for that. Right. Um, so, you know, jumping back on, on path here, um, are ketone esters done as far as a supplementation for the endurance athlete? And, and, and by that, I mean a, a marathoner and faster or shorter distance. Um, and not exactly, right? So this is where this is going back to the original title, Do, do Ketone Esters Boost EPO? Um, and what this study, what this these guys were talking about was that people on specific diabetic drugs have been shown to have increased ketone bodies, right? No limitations in diet, but the drugs themselves had increased ketone bodies. And on top of that, they had increased red blood cell mass with hematocrit and hemoglobin. And people on low-carb diets also show these characteristics where having their increased red blood cell mass. So that's pretty interesting, right? Um, not yet. You're not interested in that yet? If not, then understand that the main hormone for increasing red blood cell protection, production is EPO. And now if you went out and shot yourself up with the drug, that's definitely illegal. You cannot, you cannot do that. That's not good. <laughs> it's not a good thing to do. And it's super expensive too. Um, 
However, that's why people go to altitude. That's why they used to buy altitude tents back in the day. I don't even know how popular altitude tents are now anymore, but um, that's what they did. You know, you would you would live in your tent and then go train low. That's why people go to Flagstaff. That's why people go to Boulder. All those things, right? So that that's why they go out there. And so increasing your EPO isn't necessarily illegal. It's just you know you're not supposed to inject yourself with anything. And um, altitude training, like I said, altitude training stimulates EPO naturally. Exercise itself, the right workout, will actually stimulate EPO as well. And so that all that combined became the question: Will ketone esters promote EPO production? And so that's what they wanted to look at. So this was a small-scale study. It was really a proof-of-concept um, study just because ketone esters are expensive. And if you want to go long-term, big-scale, it's going to cost a lot of money. So you want to make sure that you, it's even viable to recognize that it might work before you go all-in on a study like that. So in any case, the study looked at nine healthy males, and they did one hour of cycling intervals. And this is the type of workout that would naturally stimulate EPO production. So kind of combine the factors there. Afterward, afterwards, they drank, some drank a carb and protein recovery drink, while others drank the same drink, but with ketone esters. And what they found was that EPO levels were about 20% higher in the group that ingested the ketone esters in the recovery drink. So essentially, it was the same as training at 2,000 meters altitude, more than a mile high, right? That'd be higher than Denver. Um, so that's potentially huge, right? And so I think that's something that, they, well, honestly, that you know, they proved the proof of concept. And I think that's the next step is that they want to go now, what does that do long term? And obviously, more subjects would be good as well. But so but before we get too, too excited, I think there are some downsides. One, we don't know how long that this effect lasts. If it's short-term, because that's all they really looked at was uh, short-term, how often do you have to replicate? So in other words, do I have to take this, this cocktail every day, or can I do it after every workout? Can I do it a couple times a week? What We don't know, right? That's a big, that's a big question. Um, do you have, you know, ideally they did it after a hard workout, and they saw the benefits of that. So I think, you know, personally I would, I would really want them to look at, like, okay, um, if I did a workout that would stimulate EPO production naturally, can I boost that natural production by doing this uh, recovery drink after that, those workouts and not necessarily worry about just doing it after an easy day or something like that? Um, it naturally takes weeks to see changes in the blood. Uh, so if you only do it here and there, what's the effect going to be? Um you know, do you have to do like a loading dose, right? That might be a question. Do you have to do a loading dose and then then you can space it out or take a smaller amount? Um, you know, those are all questions we have to do. The second part to that is that the ketone esters are really expensive. Um, so I'm looking at the feed website right now and a 25 pack of little shots of ketone esters, like if you ever take like a, uh, an energy shot or something like that, that's all it is. Um, this is called Delta G. It's 25 grams per bottle, um, and it's a 25 pack at 750. That's not seven dollars and fifty cents. That's 750 bucks to take for that's that's going to basically last you a month. Um, now they do have a subscribe and save thing, but um, that's expensive, right? And I don't know. Um, I think it's interesting for sure. I, I think it's worth looking at longer term and looking at some of those things we talked about. Um, 
if you're an aspiring runner uh, and you don't have access to move to altitude, you don't have, um, you don't necessarily want to buy an altitude tent, whatever the case is. I mean, although after 10 months of taking this, you could probably, <laughs> you could probably buy an altitude tent as well. So I don't know. Um, it's an interesting, it's interesting, but I don't know if practically and financially it's viable for somebody. And honestly, if you're a four hour marathoner and you want to drop 750 bucks a month on this, I, I don't know if that's, that's a, a better, what, I don't know what's a better investment. Honestly, you could buy three pairs of, you know, uh, carbon plated shoes and get 3% per improvement just from that. Right. So I don't know. That's the thing, right? Like how, how practical is it really going really going to be so um it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future uh and then hopefully they have a, a long-term study established but i mean if it does you know and you've got the cash it might be worth something or, or you know like um or if you're you know like i said i think the aspiring runner is where it really would probably benefit like if you really just have you don't you know you don't have a sponsorship you don't have a lot of resources at your hand you can't move to altitude you know, maybe this is something where it can give you just enough of, a, of a, an edge um, to make you put it more on an evil, even playing field with somebody who has been at altitude for, for months and months and months. So, um, but with that, I mean, the more I look at it and more at the cost factor and stuff, gosh, I just don't know. I mean, um, you know, because I'll tell you one of my, one of my goals, uh, and I didn't really want to go too much into my goals, but one of my goals for 2023 would be to get back. 2022 was a pretty rough year for me running wise. Um, I'd really like to get into a more competitive, competitive state, really compete at the master's level, maybe do something a little bit bigger. And so I'm looking at like, man, that's a, you know, I, I, I definitely can't go to altitude. I don't have, I don't have the time and our ability to just go to live in Flagstaff or Boulder for, you know, a few months at a time. Um, and so this might be something where I look at, but um, right now it's an awful tough, an awful tough sell, but it'd be, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens on these future studies. If they can see where, if you can just take it, you know, after a hard workout as part of a recovery drink and you could do that for a few months and see some pretty significant results, then it would be something you could, you could really, you could really look at. And so, um, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting. If that was a rabbit hole, you can go down to it. If you're, Obviously, if you're listening to this, uh, go back to the actual blog post. I have the links to all three of the uh, ketone articles I referenced from mysportscience.com. And you can look at those yourself and, and draw your own conclusions. So with that, again, welcome to 2023. And uh, I hope it's a great year for, for all of you. And uh, hopefully you'll have more content from me throughout the year. So with that, I will talk to you later and uh, we'll see you. All right, bye-bye.